0: All right. Thank you, Lord. Today's Father's Day. Let's give the dads and all dads in this room stand up. Let's give the daddies a big, huge hand. You're a great, you're a great and important person in this earth. And we hope that your family believes that. If they don't. Uh, we're going to believe it for them, and God's going to make them know that one of these days. Amen? So I'm going to give you the Father's Day message, because it's precious to me, personally. So, uh, I want to read John 1, 14. It says, the Word, this is a great scripture, The Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. You know, I just want to say this, the Bible is full of seeing something. Have you ever noticed that? It's always talking about seeing and hearing. Have you all noticed that? That that's the Christian life is all about what you see and hear. Uh, and I'm praying that we will see more of the glory of the Lord. Amen? But that's my plug for seeing... In the Spirit, but we'll be talking about that more. We saw His glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. I love that phrase, full of grace and truth. Okay, that uh, begotten, I've talked about this a lot of times in the past, but I wanted to bring it one more time this morning. As you remember how valued Jesus Christ is to, to the Father by that word begotten. Begotten means rare, one of a kind that the Father gave His rare, one-of-a-kind Son to us. That's how much he, he loves us and cares about us. And so we really want to ask the Lord to give us revelation on begotten this morning, that we would really get that, how powerful of a word begotten is. It's a powerful word when you really think about it. It's like it's, if you had something that was a priceless treasure that did not exist anywhere else in the world. This is a bad analogy. Okay, but if you had something like that and you gave it, you know, you gave it away, okay, that's how Christ was to God. It was his priceless treasure that he gave for us. I just think that's just an amazing, amazing word uh, that the Bible's given us. Begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Actually, that uh, from the Father could literally be translated from the Father's heart. Isn't that powerful? From the Father's heart. You see, that's really what God is trying to demonstrate His Father's heart to the world in by showing us that He gave His best to us, that He has given it all to us. That's the greatest expression, the greatest revelation. Of the Father's heart of God is when He gave us Christ. So, no matter what you believe today about the Father's heart, because a lot of people don't have that revelation. There's people in this room, you've probably heard this talked about a lot over the past few years. But just knowing it in your mind doesn't mean anything. It's got to come. You've got to know it in your heart. You've got to know it in your heart. And God is out to make it real to you in your heart because that is the one revelation that will radically change your life. You know, the, ra- the revelation of salvation will radically change your life. The revelation of the Father will radically change it just as much, really. It really will. Um, I wanted to read, if you doubt the falls, I wanted to read this uh, Hebrews out uh, of the Message Bibles. Hebrews 3.1 says, My dear Christian friends, don't you love the way the Message Bible says stuff? My dear Christian friends, companions, and following this call to the heights, to the heights, to the heavenly realm, to the spiritual world. We're companions in following this call and into that place. That's where God's called us. Take a good, hard look at Jesus. So when you are, no matter what situation you're in, in your life, no matter what you're believing, I have found this to be the truth in my life. It's when I begin to put my focus on Christ. When I begin to really think about him. One thing I started doing years ago is I like to soak And sometimes Anthony's CD just doesn't help me get into the spiritual world. Lots of times it does. Uh, But sometimes I just, you know, it's like there's nothing going on in my life spiritually at that moment. You know what I do? I start thinking about Christ. I start picturing Him in my mind on the cross. I picture Him dead. I picture Him healing people. You know, I just think about Him. And as I do, that's taking a hard look at Christ. Just take a hard look at Christ. And then He says this powerful thing. Uh, if you're a woman, he's the centerpiece. <laughs> I love that. The centerpiece, you know, the centerpiece on the table yeah. that women love to have on the table. They got the little. I don't know why women do stuff like they do. I mean, you gotta make, the, you gotta clean the table, then you gotta put that stuff back on it. Like, why is that all the on there? It's, it's like making the bed. Like, why make the bed? I don't really believe in making the bed. Yet I have to make the bed, or. I'll be in trouble with Becky. But He is the centerpiece of everything we believe. Jesus is the centerpiece. He's the centerpiece of all that God has done and all that God will do. He's the centerpiece of heaven. He's the centerpiece of history. I'll tell you something. I believe there's a greater revelation of the Lord Himself coming. I I feel it in my heart of Christ, of this person. God wants to intrigue us with Himself. You know, He wants us to be intrigued with Him. Yeah. And there's this thing that He's doing right now, I don't know if you're catching it, but I pray you catch it, where God is, is trying to draw us into this mystery yeah. of Himself. Oh, yeah. This invisible God that wants to draw us into His invisible yeah. world and begin to reveal His invisible self to us. It's really powerful. Yeah. Uh, faithful in everything God gave Him to do. So, you know... In this revelation of the Father, the center of it is Christ. He's the, he's the focus of it. He's the, he's the essence of this revelation of the Father. Okay? He really is, and He wants us. So many people have an issue with God, the Father. They have Father issues, okay? How many people in here had a great dad growing up, or even now? That's a, that's a blessing. You're a blessed people, Okay? Well, you know, there's an old saying that I've said many times, the older I get, the smarter my daddy gets, right? When you're 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, your daddy don't know nothing, right? I mean, you know more than your daddy ever than you. Like, Dad, you can't be right, Daddy, right? But as you get older, you realize daddy was a lot smarter than I thought he was. Yeah, anybody? Yeah. See, that's the way that it really is in our spiritual lives. The, the people who I know are really growing in the Lord who are the people who are saying... Uh, the more I go with God, the less I know. Okay, it's because God is getting bigger. It's a revelation of the greatness and glory of God. That's a true sign of true growth. When you start feeling that way, like, I don't know anything. It's because <laughs> you've got a glimpse of God and you found out how awesome He is. Yeah. And it, it's just a humbling, a good humbling uh thing to go through but i came up with this other saying because i actually felt this way maybe i didn't come up with it but i think i did i didn't get it read it somewhere because my daddy's been dead for a long time and the longer my daddy's gone the greater my daddy becomes right i mean people there's heroes from past generations that we love but in their day they weren't so loved right Uh, my daddy had issues he had flaws obviously but i tend not to think about those things anymore. I, I tend to think only on the great things of my dad. You know, I got pictures of my daddy in my house that, you know, like in the hall where I'll see him, you know, every day and see his picture. And I'll only th- I don't think about the times I felt like he was wrong, you know, and making me do something or not. I think about all the great things my dad was to me. And that is such a huge blessing. To think that way. I would encourage you today, if you still have your daddy, your flawed daddy there, just think about the good in him. Okay, just think about how great a man he is, because he really is. Um, But a lot of people um, in America, many of you raised your hand, you had a great day. I'm excited about that. I wouldn't have raised my hand at one time, because I was down on my daddy, you know. But now I would but there's a lot of people who don't have great dads it's it's the plague of america i believe is is and i wanted to to read this thing to you um it's really really speaks to me i may have read it here before i don't know i it, but it's by a man named david blankenhorn uh from a a, a book called fatherless america And David Blankenhorn is obviously somebody that liberals hate. If you Google him, you'll find out. There's all kinds of bad things said about him, by the media. So I'm thinking, he must be a good guy. (laughs) They're down on him. He's got to be good. But this is what he said. Tonight, about 40% of American children will go to sleep in homes in which their fathers do not live. Before they reach the age of 18, more than half our nation's children are likely to spend at least a significant portion of their childhoods living apart from their fathers. That's a pretty pretty significant problem there. In addition to losing fathers, we are losing something larger. The whole concept of fatherhood. Um, Unlike earlier periods of of father absence in our history, we are now facing more than a physical loss affecting some homes We are facing a cultural loss affecting every home. The cultural loss is the concept, the thought, the reality of fatherhood. Is America is losing fatherhood? And the reason, and they have traced many of the violent crimes, like sexual crimes, you know, rape, you know, pedophiles, all the terrible things, and even just you know, like gang uh, violence. Uh, you know, young people who get in gangs they trace it all back to one person. There's one person they trace it back to that's missing. It's the father. That he's the missing source in the family's life, in the children's life. He's the missing source that's causing the root of, you know, and so we're trying to treat our society, we're trying to treat all these things through, you know, the law, the rules and laws of society, but we're not really retreating the root of The root of it is the father. Now, several years ago, there was an article written, many of you may have read it, about some elephants. I wish Tim and Paul were here because they could tell me the details of it. But, and I think in Kenya, and these were like rogue elephants. Uh, they were male elephants that were, were out of control, young male elephants. They became out of control, trampling, you know, uh, villages, running over people's gardens, just tearing everything up. And an uh, elephant, but I don't know if you know about it, an elephant can knock a tree down. I mean, they, a tree that big, they can be going, they can be running, and they, if they don't want to verge from it, they can hit that tree and knock it down. I've seen it. When I, was, I saw trees, the elephant went. Like, why are those trees down? Those elephants just didn't want to go around it, so they just knocked it down. And these weren't even bad elephants. These were just elephants being elephants. Well, these rogue elephants, they brought the experts in, the veterinarians, I guess, who studied elephant Society structures and psychology of elephants. You know, they brought them in, they studied it, and what they discovered that the older elephants, the older male elephants, had been removed from that area. Okay? Uh, when, those yellow, when those elephants were young, and they grew up without a father figure in their life, and they became violent. And so, what they did is they brought older elephants back into the area, and it was a very short time. Before those elephants came back in and started acting like you know good ele- elephants, like elephants are supposed to act, <laughs> and so that was a great picture of what's happening with us is the fathers have been removed, and therefore the young the young generation they they they're, they're, there's something they're missing, there's something they're lacking, and it's, and it's the father. All right, let me read John 14. That's interesting, isn't it? It really tells you how important, Dad, you are, whether you believe you are or not. You are very important. You are very important to all of your family. You are very important to the church. You are very important to the community you live in. You are very important to this nation. You really are. I promise you, if we took the fathers away for a while, our country would probably collapse pretty quick. You know, we need fathers. And this is what Jesus said. Back to Jesus, Okay. If you had, just John 14, 7 through 9. This is a powerful scripture when you think about it. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. So here's what I see right there. Is um, Jesus says, if you, know, if you know me, in other words, if you have a relationship with me, you will have a relationship with the Father. See, a lot of people, it's all a relationship. A lot of people don't have this relationship with God the Father And here's what, it's not that God has not tried to reveal Himself to them, it's because of their lack in relationship with Jesus Himself, with Christ Himself. Because Jesus came to reveal the Father. That was His prayer. I came to show the Father. I'm fixing to read the rest of this. But that's really key for you and I, is our relationship with Christ is determining our relationship with the Father. Okay? So if you're sitting there today saying, well, I don't really think I have a great relationship with God the Father then it's your relationship with Christ is where you need to start. Okay? And in a minute, don't you love the Trinity? Yeah. I mean, in a minute, I'm going to tell you, it's your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can't, them guys are all working together. They will not not work together. Okay? They are always, if one of them shows up, the other two show up. I'm, I'm serious. If the Father shows up, guess who's tagging along? Like, well, I'm not letting him go. The Holy <laughs> Spirit's right there in the middle. of like, Jesus is right there like, yeah. I mean, it's just the way it is with them. They love each other. They love to be with each other, and they love to be with us. Don't you love that? Alright, so you would have known me, And now you know him and have seen him. See, there's another C. Folks, that's why Paul said this in Ephesians 1.17. I'm praying that the eyes of your heart would be open because you're supposed to be seeing things. Christians are supposed to be seeing stuff. If you're not seeing stuff, ask God to open the eyes of your heart. Because you're supposed to be. You have eyes inside of you. Spiritual eyes that give you the ability to see spiritually. You have that. You have that. And Jesus was talking. Jesus wasn't talking natural talk here. He was talking spiritual talk. He wasn't just talking about, oh, we just saw Jesus in the flesh. Uh -uh. He's not talking about He's talking about looking into the Spirit and seeing Him after the Spirit. Y'all got sort of quiet on me on that. Well, I love to make plugs for seeing in the spirit world. I really do because, you know, that's should make your Christian life a lot better than it is. Plus, you know what you can do? You know, right before Anthony uh, started talk, singing that song about the creation. What's the name of that song, Anthony? Something about the creation. You're great. You're great. I said, well, what are you doing here? And I immediately saw the heavens part. And I saw open heaven. And I was thinking, wow, look at... Look at those clouds that just moved and that's so beautiful. And there's this portal. In this room right now, there's a portal and open to heaven right this very second. Okay, that's here. And if you could see that, like, oh yeah. Your faith kind of gets jump started. I tell you it's here. You know why it's here? Because when Christ died on the cross it says his flesh was ripped and the veil of the temple was ripped, the heavens were open. And the only reason they're closed to some people is because of our belief system. Anyways, let's get back to this good stuff here. Um, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. Show us. And you see, that's the cry of every human being on this planet. That's your bottom line cry. Okay? And Philip was making that cry for all of us. Oh, just Jesus, just show us the Father. And it's, everything, we're, everything's going to be all right in our life because He's going to answer all our questions. He is the one who's going to speak to that thing in us that we desperately need. Yeah. Just, and, that, and He just said it: "Show us the Father, and it'll be enough." I promise you, it is enough. That's, and, and so, but then Jesus said to him, "Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know Me, Philip?" In other words, Jesus said, "I am the Father. We're one. We're the same." If you see... Are, are y'all getting that? That was sort of his... He, he was promoting this concept of the Father. He was pushing on this concept right there at the end of his life because this was towards the end. This was the last, last time... You know, this was some of the last stuff he was saying before he was crucified. He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Okay, so... Um, one of the things that I thought about here's a thought that's really got captured my mind about the revelation of the Father is God saved that revelation in history to the time that Christ came. Okay, in other words, that wasn't the first you know, he could have started out in Genesis one one and said, In the beginning the Father created He didn't do that. He said, In the beginning, God. That's powerful. Because God waited 4,000 years according to the way people calculate the age of the earth and history and Genesis. 4,000 years. He waited 4,000 years. I could almost say God anxiously waited with great anticipation looking over the earth saying I can't wait to the day that I can bring this revelation of the Father into the earth. But I'm saving it for that special moment when my son comes and he is going to show the world. The Father. Isn't that powerful? I love that. Another thing is this interesting if you read like in Revelation and places where it sort of gives you glimpses of heaven and, and what the angels are doing and all the activity that they're all around the throne of God singing, you know, to him who sits on the throne, be glory and honor forever. But they never call him Father. Because God has reserved that for us. No angel has a right to call God the Father. He's all reserved. We have a special privilege in all creation. I mean, if your dog could speak, he couldn't call God Father. I mean, we really do. We are, of all people, we are some of the most jaded people because we don't realize the riches that God Himself has planted into our hearts. Okay, that He is our Father. And He wants to make it real to us. He wants to move the film off our eyes and the film off our heart and the deadness that gets on us when we hear the word Father like it doesn't touch us in a place. Jesus is out there really remedied that, I believe. Well, let me just read Mark 14, 36. Are y'all okay? Woo, mercy, Lord. Monday nights with Marlon. (laughs) Come on. That will be an interesting Monday night, I can promise you. Bless more than me. They're on vacation right now. All right, John 14:36. This is this is when Je- this is Jesus at one of his lowest moments. Not quite his lowest, but he was getting there. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating drops of blood. Okay, and here he is in his most desperate moment. He was trying to reveal something to us in that moment. Okay, he wasn't just he wasn't just a drop. All that's powerful, but there was another thing that he wanted to get across. In that moment, he saved a very something very special for us. In his worst moment, he was going to bring out to the to the people who heard him and the people who he was going to bring something out. He was going to bring one of his greatest secrets out and present it to us. It was like God, literally, this is the silver platter of the scripture. This verse right here, where God says, "I am presenting something to you on a silver platter that will change your life if you can grab this." And he said, and he was saying, "This is a silver platter." Abba, Father. He was saying, Abba, Father. Everybody say, Abba, Father. This is powerful. All things are possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. Can you imagine this? I want you to imagine this. Jesus was in a mess. Okay, He really was. He was in a, he was in a jam. Nobody's going to sweat drops of blood and not be in a jam, Right? So here he was in this great jam in his life, and he needed an answer from heaven. Now he was telling us, "Here's the secret for you: when you're in your worst moment, when you're in a jam, I'll tell you how to get out of your jam." Okay, I'll tell you how to get, it. and this is it: it's Abba, it's Abba. You see what Jesus did? I, I'll tell you. I think I said this last week, or maybe I said it this morning. It doesn't matter. Was it this meeting at Bob Jones? And there's a six-month-old baby there. And he, this old man keeps saying, that's what we are. That's what we are. That's what we are. And he kept pointing at that baby, trying to get these people that were sitting in this room, well, you know, get a bunch of pastors and leaders again. They all think in their mind there's somebody. And then you've got this old man saying, that's what you are. That's what you are. That's what you are.
1: When we begin to realize
0: that's what we are, That's when things can change. Because see, it's like Jesus crawled up into the lap of the Father at that moment. in Gethsemane. And said, Abba, help me. Help me. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I can't make it through this. I just can't. I can't get through this moment. I'll do whatever you want me to do, but I I can't get, get through the moment. The devil's bearing down on me. The people are bearing down on me. Are you there? And see... I, you know, I don't know. I don't know why, but I, when I was in China, I had this this thought to come to me. Okay, the thought was this: you know, I got some. I got. I got need some help. I need some help, Lord. I'm sort of in a mess right now. You know what? And something came out of me. It was. I don't. I can't explain it. All I know is I said, I didn't. It was just Abba, Daddy, Abba. Hey, help, Abba. And instantly, it was like heaven opened on me. Instantly, the heart of God was moved towards me. And to this day, you can go to Israel and hear the little children, Abba, 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 Abba. And their daddy responds to them. You see, you know, here's what most of us would do or any person would do. We would make this our formula for prayer. Oh, this is how you get your prayers answered. You address God as Abba. Right, isn't it? The stupidity of people like us that we just think that this thing can be reduced to a formula. You know, it's not a formula, it's a relationship. It's when you and I become that six month old. Okay? And when we crawl up into his lap, we crawl in the, you know, Jesus made himself totally vulnerable at that moment. What's more vulnerable than a six month old? He made himself totally vulnerable and said, Abba, and just leaned back into the Father's breast and allowed what the Father had for him. And it's like the Father was saying, I will get you through it. Don't worry. Before you know it, you'll be sitting back up here in heaven with me. Trust me through this thing. Now, I am reminded about, you know, the time when Jesus was on the cross later in this story. Every time Jesus address God in the New Testament, He always addresses Him as Father. Unless He was talking to somebody about your God. But when He spoke to, to God, He said, Father. That's how He addressed Him. Father. And that's how He taught us to address Him. That's why He said, don't, don't pray to me. Pray to Father. Because He's your Father. You know, one of the first things He said when He was resurrected when they were looking for him, the lady was there, Mary, and he said, uh, go and tell Peter and the brothers that, what did he say? My father and your father. I'm going to my father and your father. That was the turning point of history when he said that. Isn't that powerful? I'm going to my father and him. No longer is he just my father. You know what? Guess what? Today, today, Jesus is not the only Son of God. He's really not. He was the first one. But we have been, actually, if you want to know the truth, we're begotten. We're born, what? Of the Spirit. I know that sort of messes with some people's theology because there's people who actually preach today that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. And it's like, well, He was in the Bible. But once... The Holy Spirit came. And we got born again. Right? Yeah. We're begotten of God. Yeah. We're that same precious one of a kind yeah. that Jesus is. We just happen to be down the line a bit. You know? <laughs> like He's the top one and we sort of file in behind Him somewhere. I don't know where. Maybe at the back of the line. But I'd rather be at the back of that line than at the first of the other line, right? <laughs> but isn't that a powerful thing? I'm going to... My Father. And that little word and everything shifted in the spiritual world at that moment. Everything. And your Father. At that moment he was saying he's your Father just as much as he's my And my God and your God. That's powerful. Well, Jesus wound up on the cross in his worst moment forsaken by God. And he did address God, the Father, as God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Only time in history he ever did that. Because at that moment he was completely forsaken by God. Totally, to, totally denied by the Father. But for us. So we would never be totally denied by the Father again, ever. Do you believe that? That's a powerful thing. See, all this stuff happened for a reason, it happened for us. The good news about that is right before he died, he was back. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He was back. You know? I love all that stuff. Because that will change your life when you begin to not hear it with your mind, but understand it with your heart. Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what the Holy Spirit is telling us. Because when we start hearing that and believing that, then we're going to be different people. Everything changes. Everything changes. It's powerful. All right, let me just read one more scripture to you. Are y'all okay? Wasn't Anthony Skinner good today? I'm saying that for the third I love Anthony Skinner. I really. Hey, I got this. Let me tell you this. You got to know this. We were in India, or China. I'm going to tell you why I thought India. And we, Becky was doing TripAdvisor on restaurants. Okay? So we go to this restaurant, and I'm, this is Nokia, and I walk in the door, and I said, I know where we're at. This is Anthony Skinner. And the guy who owns the restaurant, he's from India, he comes trotting out, and guess who he looked like? Anthony Skinner. The guy was from India. And he was really sort of like Anthony Skinner. We told him about it, Anthony. He said, you need to look him up. What kind of music? And somebody was trying to explain to him what kind of music he is. We just said, it's good good music, man. It's worship. It's Holy Ghost music. You know, it's the kind of music you want to listen to. But he really did. He He had that same personality, that real love. Gentle, you know, upbeat, and the food was good. <laughs> they had American food, Chinese food, and Indian food. The website said they had Mexican, but he said, hey, had no clue where that came from. <laughs> that was, in fact, it was so good, you know what we did? And we found out they, these people were believers. They were there on a mission. They got this restaurant. They're trying to get this restaurant where it's profitable, and then they're going to take the profits. For kids to be able to go to school, because you had to pay. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. There's stuff like that happening all over China. China. You just don't see it. It's all you don't see it, but there's power. There's power in something like that. I know God's going to use yeah. them, and maybe one day He'll come to America and meet Anthony Skinner. I showed him the picture. Now he probably didn't believe that guy looks like him, but he really does. I don't care what Anthony believes about that guy. He looks like him. I started calling that guy there Anthony. <laughs> Anyways, Romans 8:15. This is great. You see, you got the Father, you got the Son, and you got the Holy Spirit. You got to have all three. And this is the truth. Only the Holy Spirit can do this in our life. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading to fear again. Now remember about the fear thing, right? Children are born with two fears: fear of falling, fear of loud noise. There's over seven thousand fears that have been identified. So me and you have picked up six thousand six hundred and ninety-eight plus fears that we were never supposed to, that we weren't even born with. So whatever you're fearing today, if it ain't loud noise, it's a fear of falling. You've got a fear that you picked up since you were born in this fallen world. But here it is saying we don't have to have the spirit of slavery that causes fear. That's why we have fear is because there's an enslaving spirit, orphan spirit, spirit of abandonment that every one of us when we were born into this world that we have operating against us and it brings every fear there is into our life and feeds those fears and feeds those fears and feeds those fears. Okay? But we didn't, have, we didn't receive that spirit. So anytime you've got any kind of fear working on you, you can know I'm rebuking that fear. I refuse that fear. That's from the devil. I hate that. I hate the devil. And I hate the fear he's bringing, so I'm not going to accept it. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by which... Now, this is important. Everybody say, by which. By which. which. See, that's how we cry out, Abba, Father. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's not something you just do in your mind. That's what I'm saying. If you think we could get our prayers answered because, we, oh, Abba, Daddy, that's going to answer my prayers. Well, if it ain't the Holy Spirit at work in you... If it's just a formula, it's just another word. It's like people praying in the name of Jesus. He's anything you ask in my name, I'll do. Well, that can't be true because I've asked many things in your name because you're doing it out of your carnal mind. You're not doing it out of the Spirit. Y'all got that? And see, the Holy Spirit, that He wants that. He's, He's, He's earnest towards that. He's yearning to release in you and I this greater revelation of the Father. So that we really say, oh, that moment in China, man, I'm telling you, it was real. It was daddy. I said, daddy. You know, I've gotten up in mornings and times, you know, everybody does this. I'm sure you get up. Don't you feel great that day? There's no song in your heart. You're mad. You're miserable. You're depressed. You're tromping around. Life, there's there's nothing good going on, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well... And you think, well, if I'm going, to, I'm going to go pray, and that's going to change something. And if the praying don't change, the reading the Bible will change. Something will change. I will get with God. And you do all that, and you're just as miserable as you were when you first woke up. Am I'm, I I'm the only one who has those kind of <laughs> deadly encounters? <laughs> you know, like, ah, well, you know what? You know what we can do? We can crawl up in His lap at that moment. Abba, I messed up. Forget reading the Bible. I, I don't even, I can't even, I tried to read it and I don't even know what I was, I read two sentences and I don't even remember what I read. I prayed to you about something, but I was thinking about something else. You know, I mean, what's the you? Come on, Abba, I need you right now. I need you. And I'll tell you something, he responds. When we sincerely do that, he responds to us. You know, God really wants to release a revelation of his fatherhood to every person in this work room. Some of you have been walking in it for years. Some of us are like, you know, learning how to walk in it. Yeah. That's Philip, right? Philip and me back in the day. Yeah, fatherhood. I wonder where they got that picture at. <laughs> Why didn't they tell me they were going to do that? <laughs> Is it? Yeah, Philip Twitter. Phil. <laughs> All righty. Thank you, Lord. Well, how many people are daddies again? Raise your hand. We want the daddies to come up. All the daddies come up, and Anthony, please keep coming right up on the stage. <laughs> You're you're the important people today. Tomorrow your wife will be back important again. <laughs> <laughs> but today is your day to be important. And you can tell your wife, I'm important today. It's, it's important for me for you to know that I'm important. <laughs> you're important every day. Uh, I want to tell, daddies, you are needed. You're needed. You're ba- your, your kids need you. I don't care if your kids are long gone. They need you. You know, I appreciate... Um, Mike you still have a daughter on this earth she needs you okay your wife needs you You, we need you we need you the community needs you okay so don't ever forget that you're a great daddy you know every one of you guys are great daddies every one of you okay you're great daddies so I just want to encourage you. number one just be who you are be the father that's in you because you've got it in you it's in you you know it really is. And so, I'm not going to pray for you though. I tricked you to come up here. What I want you to do is turn around. Okay, let's line up. What we're going to do, I tricked you to come up here. Your job as fathers is to be a father right now to the people in this church. Now, if you're a person sitting out there and you would like to receive a blessing from a father, okay, I want you to come up here and just pick a father out. It can be your natural father it can be somebody else or your husband or it can just be somebody but I want you to come up here and these guys are going to pray over you and release this anointing this grace that God has given us you know that they are carrying naturally and I believe they're carrying it spiritually if they got the Holy Spirit in them they're carrying it spiritually so y'all come on over here right now alright somebody has to get up one person can get up and the rest will. Come up here, let these men lay hands on you and speak life and speak blessing, speak hope over you over you today, that you would get hope, you would get life, you'd get some kind of new anointing in your life, you would get what only a father can give. And that your life would change today in Jesus' name. Father, we're thanking you today that today's Father's Day, and we have fathers here that have power. They have power, Lord. And we ask you today, right now, in Jesus' name. Come on, y'all guys. Y'all come on. Come on up here and get, get a blessing. Get a blessing. Don't be hesitant. Come on up here and let a Father bless you. This is one of the greatest blessings there is on the earth, is a Father touching you and releasing His blessing, releasing His love, releasing God the Father's blessing and love on your life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we bless you right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for the fathers in this room. Thank you for the anointing, the favor and blessing that you're releasing right now, Lord. We curse, we curse that orphan spirit. We curse, Lord, that spirit of slavery, Lord, today in these people's lives. And we call for that spirit of adoption, favor and anointing. We come upon every person in Jesus' name. Mm, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we bless them, Lord. Woo!